0: My name is Matt Bell, and I'm the pastor here at Destiny Church, and we believe at Destiny that God has a great plan and purpose and divine destiny for your life. Amen. Amen. We don't believe that anyone is an accident, but that God had you on His mind before He even created the world, and that God loves you today. God loves you so much. And so we're just here to worship God and to fellowship with one another and we're glad that you're here with us today. Uh, I'm going to invite you to open with me in your Bibles to the book of 1 John, 1 John chapter 4. And today we're going to talk about love. Is that all right? Can we talk about love in church? Um, You know, this week is something called Valentine's Day, and Valentine's Day is that really important holiday where you express your love and devotion to your most significant other by buying them a $4 card and a $10 box of chocolates, and wow, isn't love wonderful? Um, (laughs) It's that holiday where the greeting card companies have convinced us that if we don't do that, then we're somehow failing in our duty as a spouse, and so we exchange these tokens of our love for one another. And how many of you know that love is a little bit bigger than a box of chocolates? Love is a little bit bigger than a a piece of cardboard that has a note on it written by somebody else, and you think that you can sign your name to it and get off, you know, like off the hook of, of actually having to express what's in your heart, and in your life, and in your mind. So we're going to talk about love today. You know, we all want to be loved. We want to be loved. I would say we need to be loved. That we were designed by God to, to receive love. It's, it's at the core of who we are as, as a race, the human race, as a people, the humanity. Being loved I, I think is one of the most basic human needs. After food and shelter, we start looking around for someone to love, someone to spend life with. Because what good is this food and shelter if I don't have anyone to share it with? We, we need love, we, we want to give love, and we want to receive love. We want to be loved, we want to love. The Bible has a lot to say about love, did you know that? The Bible has so much to say about love. In fact, God's love is the one subject of this book. This book, the Bible, is the story of God's love for you. That's what this book is all about. It's about God's love for you expressed in His Son, Jesus Christ. God's love is on every single page of this Bible. Everywhere you look, you see God's love. Did you know that you would not be alive right now if God didn't love you? You are alive right now, because God loves you. Amen. How many of you are glad you're alive right now? Amen. God's love is the, the driving force, as we'll see today. It is the driving force of the universe. And that's what the Bible is all about. That's what this whole thing is about, is God's love, Him expressing His love. And so we're going to look at 1 John chapter 4 today because love is a lot bigger than a card. Love is a lot bigger than some chocolates or some flowers or even some piece of jewelry. You know, I heard on the radio today that Something like $10 billion is spent annually on Valentine's Day, uh, exchanging gifts, which is great. I mean, hey, if, if there's anything you ought to spend, love on, uh, spend money on, it might as well be love, you know? There's so much hate in the world today. I'm not trying to knock a celebration of love, don't get me wrong. We live in a world full of hate, unfortunately, uh, people just so full of just nastiness, and uh Anyway, that's a rabbit trail. We're not talking about hate today. We're talking about love today. Anyway, they, they were saying that uh, the average, and I, they didn't pull me because I would have brought the average way down, but the 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 average man spends $300 on Valentine's Day for his lover, for his spouse, for his girlfriend, for his... Person, he is trying to make his girlfriend, right? The average man spends $300. Now, like I said, they didn't pull me because I would have brought that number way down. The average woman spends about $60. So, all you, you know, equality people out there, you need to <laughs> up the ante a little bit, you know? If you're all for equality, I'm just saying. Anyway, I, I, I thought that was interesting. Um, I don't really have a point in that. I just thought it was interesting. All right, let's go to the Bible today. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. Father, as we study your word today, I pray that you would give us a revelation of your love. Lord, a love that is perfect, a love that is pure, a love that is holy, a love that is righteous, a love that is eternal, a love that is unconditional. Lord, give us uh, uh, illumination as we study your word. Lord, transform our hearts by your love. Lord, help us, your people, who have experienced and tasted of your love, help us to be the most loving people in San Antonio. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to share with you a couple things, four or five things that you need to know about love. We all wanna be loved, we all wanna experience love. We wanna give love away four or five things that you need to know about love today. The first thing you need to know is that love is from God. Love is from God because God is love. True love, genuine love Perfect love comes from God. Continually expressed, continually given, continually poured out, love is who God is. Sometimes we have these really bad ideas about who God is. We think that God is angry, that God is mad, that God does not love us because of of what we've done, and, and that, that because of our past, God could never love me. And that if only I could be perfect and, and do these things to please him, then maybe I could earn his love for me. We sometimes have this Santa Claus idea of God, that he's up there and he's making a list and checking it twice, trying to find out who's naughty and nice, If God did keep a list like that, it would just be naughty next to everyone. There'd be no point to keep the list because we've all fallen short, we've all failed, we've all broken God's law, we've all gone our own way, we've all sinned, we've all rebelled, but God still loves us. God still loves you today. It's not about earning his love, but receiving his love because it is who God is. God cannot not love you. I know that's a double negative, but I'll say it again. God cannot not love you. It's because of who he is. We we get this bad idea that God could maybe love us because of who we are or how we act, but it's not true. God loves us because of who he is, because he himself is love. So God is the only true source of true love. The only true source of true love is God. Now there are many counterfeit sources of false love, but God is the only true source of, of genuine and true love. You know, our, our culture today has an idea, a concept of what love is, and it is so broken. It is not what we see God expressing love as. We have a culture that is Driven for, to pers- driven for the pursuit of, of seeking to be loved because that's how God designed us. But, but the culture's looking for it in all the wrong places. I think there's a song that goes like that. Um, and even a broken clock is right twice a day. So, you know, anyway, the song, whatever. Looking for love in all the wrong places. That's what our culture is doing. They're looking for love and and, and trying to satisfy that need and that desire from a source that cannot fulfill that need, from a source that cannot meet that desire. So there's all these false ideas, these broken ideas of what love is. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the apostle Paul writes, and he gives a beautiful picture a glimpse of what true love, of what God's love is like. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4, Paul says that love is patient and kind, that love does not envy or boast, that love is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way, It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That love is without end and never fails. Verse 13 says that we have faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these Is love. This is what God's love is like. God's love is not like the world's love. God's love is not like the love that our world calls love. The world's love is self serving. Have you ever had someone who said they loved you and they really only were trying to get you to do something that they wanted? Nobody's ever experienced anything like that here, but we've heard stories maybe about things like that happening. The world's love is self-serving, but God's love is sacrificial. The world's love is conditional. If you do X and Y and Z for me, then I'll do this for you. The world's love is conditional. God's love, unconditional. God says, I'm gonna love you whether you ever love me back or not. Unconditional love. The world's love is based on emotion. Well, if I feel good, then I'll love you, or if you make me feel good, then I'll love you, or if I'm not hungry, then I'll love you, or my blood sugar hasn't dropped too low, now I'll be loving, or I haven't been, you know, picked off in San Antonio traffic, so I'll love you, right? Love based on emotions, up and down, hot and cold. God's love is not based on emotion. It's based on his character, based on who he is. The world's love looks for what you can do for me. God's love is expressed through what he's done for us, God's love is endless because God is endless. God's love is eternal because God is eternal. So if you want more love in your relationships, which I would say, yeah, that's me. I want there to be more love in my relationships. You know what you need more of? You need more of God in your relationships because God is love and love only comes from God. He says you can't know love if you don't know God. So the second thing, the the first thing I want to show you today is that God is love, that God is the only source of true love. The second is that someone who does not know God cannot love others. Verse 8 says that. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. So if someone does not know God, they cannot truly love others because they don't know love itself. Now, they can say they love you. How many of you have found that it's easier to say things than to do things? Have you discovered that in life? It's really easy to say, I love you. It's not so easy to back it up and to love you. Love is not an easy thing. And so if someone does not know God, they don't know love, they cannot even express love. This is why I, this and many other reasons, is why I would never advise a young person to Marry someone who is not a believer in Christ, who is not a Christian, to marry someone who does not know God because you will not have a marriage full of love. It simply, it simply cannot exist because God is love. The third thing I want to show you today about love is that the greatest expression of love is found in sacrifice. The greatest expression of love is found in sacrifice. That's what this heart equals cross means, that love equals sacrifice. We see this in verses 9 and 10. In this, the love of God was made manifest or was shown among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Verse 10, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that God has loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation. That word means atoning sacrifice for our sins. The greatest expression of love, the greatest expression of love that the world has ever seen is the cross of Jesus Christ. This is love manifest and fully expressed, fully expressed. God loves you so much that he sent his son, his only son, to die on the cross so that we might live. Jesus died so we could live. Jesus gives us his life, exchanges his life for our life. The greatest expression of love is found in sacrifice. Romans 5.8 says this, that God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before I ever made a move towards God, or a step towards God, God came to me. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save the lost. And I praise God today that my testimony is, I once was lost, but now I'm found, amen? Amen, Amen, that I have been found by God, and saved by God, and rescued by God. Because of his love for me. And so we can take this and we can look at this and we can say that, okay, God expressed his love for us in sacrifice. So, how then do I express love for others? It's not a trick question, it's sacrifice. I lay down my desires, my will, my preferences for the good and for the sake of others to save, not to save, to serve others. The the worst thing that can happen in a marriage is for two people to refuse to sacrifice for one another. Once that happens, it's just You guys are like two roommates at that point. A mutual, sacrificial love for one another will bring a marriage together like you cannot believe. Loving and and serving and, and laying down our wants, our desires for the good and for the sake and for the flourishing of others. God shows his love for us That while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Number four thing I want you to see from this passage about love is that you've got to give it away. You have to give it away. Verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God's love abides in us and his love is perfected in us. You've got to give it away. How can we love more? How can we grow in our love for God and our love for others? Did you know that you can't love others on your own? I can't just say, I'm going to love this person if it kills me. Don't you know how much I love you? That's not how love works. You you cannot in yourself manufacture love for someone else. Why? Because love is from God. All love comes from God. So for me to love you... For me to grow in in my love for others, how can I do it? How can I grow in it? If you go down to verse 19 of chapter 4, John says that we love because he first loved us. Verse 7, if we want to go back to verse 7, let us love one another. For love is from God. And listen to this. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. For me to love, for me to love others and to love God, I have to be born again. Born of God his heart, his spirit, his life placed in me. That's where love comes from. I'm not talking about feelings, you know, the butterflies. Those things are great. I love butterflies. I'm not anti-butterfly. But there needs to be something Love is something more solid than that. That's the type of love that that this is talking about, a love that can weather the storms of life, a love that is unconditional, a love that doesn't fade as the seasons change. So the first step, I've got to know God. I've got to be born of God. I've got to give my life to God, I've gotta put my faith in Jesus. Step one to loving others, you've gotta be born again. You gotta start with Jesus. You gotta start with receiving God's expression of love. This is where it starts. This is where it starts. It all starts with Jesus. Then through this intimacy with God, this closeness with God, Walking with God, allowing God's love to transform my heart. His love for others is placed into my heart. His love for you is placed into my heart. His love for others is placed into your heart. So it's not me just white knuckling it and clenching my fists and By God's grace, I'm going to love these people. By God's grace, I'm going to love my wife. I'm going to love my boss. I'm going to love those people at work. That's not how it works. It's drawing close to God. It's walking with God. It's intimacy with the Father. It's experiencing the Father's love expressed through the Son and the Son's sacrifice. God's putting His heart in me, And now I love others with his love, his love that is perfect, his love that is unconditional, his love that is eternal, his love that is sacrificial, his love that is not based on what you do for me, but is based on his nature and his character. This is love flowing like a river, that it flows, God's love flows to me, but it should also flow through me. That as we receive God's love and we're transformed by God's love, it changes our hearts and we begin to love and to serve others. You know what helps me to love others? Pondering on God's love for me. That God could love me. What helps me to love others and to be patient with others is thinking about how patient God has been with me. To sacrifice for others is to think about how much Jesus has sacrificed for me. To give to others who are in need, to think about how much God has given to me, undeserved. And it goes on to say that the end, that no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us. That means he makes his home in us. He lives in us and that his love is perfected in us and though even though we can't see God with our eyes when God lives in us and his love is perfected in us that we make the invisible God visible by our love for one another amen, amen. that we we can showcase to the world the very nature and the very essence of God who is love if we will allow him to transform our hearts. But what we have to do is we have to focus on God. We have to focus on God and put our attention on God's love. That's why that that passage that I read to you this morning uh, from Matthew chapter uh, 20 or 22, I can't remember which it is, 22, Matthew 22. They asked Jesus, which is the greatest commandment? What's the most important thing? Jesus said, you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. This is the greatest and first commandment. This is what we have to be doing. Having received God's love, we now turn our attention and our focus back to the source of love. And so many people today are caught up in in the, the net, in the trap of of, of all the other sources of information, the other sources of knowledge, the, the news and the media and, and social media and talk radio and, man, you know what's not on there? There's not a whole lot of love in those places. And what you fill yourself with is what you have to give away. So you fill yourself with all that nonsense about this and that and the world's coming to an end. Hey, I got news for you. The world is coming to an end. That's what this book says. That the the things of this world are fading away. That Jesus is going to come and, and establish a kingdom that will never fade away. And that you and I are a part of that And that we've got a job to do while we're here to expand that kingdom. Amen? Amen. So we should not be afraid or or worried or, you know, what they said about so and so. Like, man, we got a king who's on a throne. We're a part of a kingdom that's without end. This world is passing away. This country is passing away. When Jesus returns, there's not going to be a U.S. of A., there's going to be a J-E-S-U-S, all right? I mean, that's it. Like, every nation will come and bow before him, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Like, that's what we're living for. So why, why Christian, why fill your mind with, with the worries and the cares of, of what's happening to the earthly kingdoms? We're a part of something that transcends all of that, that will outlast all of that. A king who watches over us. Let me tell you, the president's not watching out for you, but the king of kings is. He's looking out for you. He cares about you. He knows where you live. He knows your name. You have access to him 24-7. Amen. Amen. That's not in my notes, obviously. But we gotta get our minds off of that stuff and put it back on God, who is love. Man, focus on love and, and, and sharing God's love and, and being an image bearer of God, reflecting God's love to people. Man, they'll, they'll, they'll think you just got off a spaceship from Mars. Because they've never seen or experienced anything like that. True love, genuine love. Our world knows nothing of that. They'll think you're part of an alien race. Jesus says to to bless those who curse you. Wow. That's like kind of a high standard not to seek revenge, not to how can we work and maneuver and all of this nonsense, all of this stuff that's just polluting the airwaves. Man, cut that stuff out of your life. Put your focus and attention on God who loves you. Let his love flow into you. Quit eating at the tree of knowledge, feeding on that. I mean, all that does is separate us from the life of God, and we have access to the tree of life, to the cross, the tree that Jesus was crucified on. It is the tree of life. We can, we can feed on that. We can feed on eternal life. Not on the things of this world that are passing away, that are fading away. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's our mind, our will, our emotions, our soul, all your mind, your, your thoughts. That's the greatest and the first commandment. And then the second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus goes on to say that on these two commands is everything. This is it. This is it. This is everything. I've 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 heard this about this passage. I've heard this teaching that I will say is maybe some of the worst teaching I've ever heard from anybody teaching the Bible. And you've probably heard this teaching about this passage because it is so popular. In fact, last night, I heard it again on Christian television. God bless Christian television. And here's how the teaching goes. You know, Jesus said, you need to love your neighbor as yourself. And so what you really need to do is, you need to learn to love yourself so that you can then love others, because he says you need to love your neighbor as yourself, and So if you don't love yourself, or if you have low self-esteem or low self-image, you can't love others. So what you first need to do is you need to learn to love yourself. How many of you have ever heard that before? Let me see. Is that what this says? Oh, no, it's not. That is the most ridiculous thing I've, I've ever heard. Maybe, yeah, I'll say that. The most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Jesus did not say the greatest command is to love yourself. There's one person who's not mentioned in here of who we need to love. That's ourselves. You don't need to be taught to love yourself. You come out of the womb knowing full well how to love yourself. I have four children. You know what I don't work on teaching them? Loving themselves. You know what I do work on teaching them? You need to love your sister, you need to love your brother, you need to love your mother, you need to love your father, you need to love the Lord. I have to teach them and train them to love everyone else but themselves. You don't need to learn how to love yourself. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Jesus says the problem, this is the problem that he's saying, is that you don't love God and you don't love others and you only love yourself. And so he says, get your attention off yourself and put it on God and put it on others. That's what he's saying. And then there's these people who come and say, you know what Jesus is really saying here is you need to love yourself. That's what you need to focus on. And it's like, what? That's absolutely like demonic. And satanic, that we need to love ourselves before God and love ourselves before others, like exalt ourselves. What in the world? So if you've ever heard that teaching, turn it off. K- kick that that thinking out of, of of your mind. It is not from God. It's not from God. Listen. If you have low self-image, you don't need to work on your self-image. You need to get God's image placed upon you. It's not, I need to work on me and fix me. No, I need God in me. I need Him in here. I need Him to transform me. Not I need to walk around giving myself a, a self-hug and a pat on the back and, you know, looking in the mirror and you're a great person and you're so wonderful. And Listen, without Christ, I am nothing. Without Christ, I have nothing. I am nothing. But with him, I have everything. And so it's not putting my focus on my lack or my shortcomings, it's putting my focus, my attention on his abundance and, and his overcoming and his victory that he's won for me. And so what I need to do is I need to love God. I can only love God because he's first loved me. The love I have for God, it, it's a love he places in my heart. So it's all it's all of him and his work in my life. So I draw close to the Lord. I, I surrender who I am. I put that at the foot of the cross. I lay down myself, and I'm filled with God's Spirit. The fruit of God's Spirit in our lives is love, one of the fruits of God's Spirit. So as I walk according to the Spirit, that is me surrendering, laying down. It's not trying harder. It's giving up. It's as the writer of Hebrews says that there is a rest, a Sabbath rest that we as God's people, we enter into. It it is a resting in the finished and full and complete work of Christ that I don't strive and work harder. What I do is I give up, I surrender. I throw up my hands and say, I can't do it. So God, you're gonna have to do it through me. If all I do is cry harder, that's just me working in the flesh. But as I lay it down, as I surrender, God can fill me with his love. Walking in the spirit, not walking in the flesh, the fruit of God's spirit is love in my life. I direct that love to him first and foremost, and then to others. As he continues to fill me and I just spill out on everybody else. Does that make sense? That's like six soapboxes for you this morning. But it all starts with Jesus. You, you can't love others unless you've been born of God. Jesus said, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven, this kingdom that is full of love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and self control. To enter into that kingdom or to see that kingdom, I must be reborn. I must be born again. This happens by the Spirit of God and placing my faith in Jesus Christ. If you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, the, the picture the Bible gives us is of someone stumbling through life blind in the dark, without being able to see. But by putting our faith in Jesus, we are reborn. By trusting in his work, his completed work, his all-sufficient work, paying the price for our sins, reconciling us to the Father, through that, we are reborn. We are given new life. God places his love in our heart. And so what I want to do today is I want to give anybody here an opportunity. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I've, I've never done that. I've never put my faith in Jesus. I've never trusted in him. I've, I've been trying to trust in myself and to, to be a good person and to, to go the way that I think I should go. And, and, and I've been trying to love others on my own but I've never truly loved God and experienced his love for me through Jesus. If that's you today, I want to pray with you. I want to lead you in a prayer of, of experiencing God's love, of, of turning from your sin that produces separation from God and turning to Jesus who reconciles us back to the Father. And so what I want to do today is I'd like everybody to just pause. Let's let's close our eyes. Let's not look around today. Let's just wait on the Lord. If that's you here today and you say, I I want to pray that prayer. I want to give my life to Jesus. I I want to be born again. I, I want to experience the love of God expressed through Jesus Christ. If that's you, would you just simply lift up your hand? I want to pray with you this morning. When you're lifting up your hand, you're saying, pray for me, pray with me. Amen. Thank you for lifting your hand this morning. I'm going to lead us all in a prayer together. I'm going to ask all of us to pray this prayer. And those who lifted your hands, pray this prayer in faith, putting your focus, your attention on Jesus and God's love for you. Let's say this together. Heavenly Father. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross in my place for my sin. I repent of my sin. I ask you to cleanse me. Thank you for making me clean. Thank you for making me new. Thank you for giving me your life. I am now your child. Help me to follow Jesus all the days of my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.